Hashem sefasai tiftach Ufiyagin tihinasecha Hashem sefasai tiftach Ufiyagin tihinasecha Hello and welcome to Praying on Purpose. As we know, of all of the mitzvahs that we perform, the mitzvah of Talmud Torah, the mitzvah to study Torah, is perhaps the most essential, primary, and in some respects, all-encompassing of the mitzvahs that we perform, because the study of Torah allows us to connect with HaKadosh Baruch Hu in the most intimate of ways. It allows us to broaden our horizons intellectually, emotionally, spiritually, and it enables us to gain greater insight into the infinite, infinite Chachma of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And so therefore, each and every morning, before we even begin to embark on this daily journey, we recite a series of brachos beforehand that we refer to as the Birchus HaTorah. In fact, it is prohibited to study Torah before these brachos are recited, and while they are not necessarily formally part of davening, they do appear quite naturally in the Siddur, as they are part of the Seder Hayom, the other brachos that we recite in the morning, some of which we've discussed already, are not necessarily part of davening per se, but to the extent that our day begins with tefillah, we should certainly see the brachos HaTorah as being part of that process and the sequence of those brachos. And so I would like to devote several conversations to talk about the brachos HaTorah, their function, their purpose, their meaning. Uh, this is something that will take us some time, but of course I'm going to try to focus because otherwise we could really speak about Birchus HaTorah for many, many months. So first of all, it's very interesting to note that generally speaking, by and large, when we recite brachos, the obligation to do so is something which is midrabanan. We know that we have tayag mitzvos, 613 mitzvos on the Torah, and then we have seven mitzvos that come from the rabbis. For seven mitzvos, there are of course many dini durabanan, there are many gezeros, many decrees, many takanos, and various institutions. But in terms of an actual mitzvah, there are seven mitzvahs durabanan. One of those mitzvahs durabanan is the recitation of brachos in general. So if you think about the many brachos that we recite throughout the course of our day, the brachos that we recite before we eat food, the brachos that we recite before we perform a mitzvah, uh, the brachos shevach v'hodah, such as asher yatzah that we had been uh, discussing for some time, or the brachos v'osam asabarishis, all of these brachos constitute the fulfillment of a mitzvah durabanan. It was the rabbis who told us that we should recite brachos at various points throughout the day, and they accomplish different goals depending on the type of bracha that it may be. There are really two exceptions to this rule. The first one is brachosamazon, when it comes to benching, as we call it, after a meal that includes bread, so there the Torah tells us, So the Torah tells us very clearly that after we eat and we have svia, we are satisfied, which Chazal explained means through bread, we recite a bracha. And the other exception to that rule is when it comes to Birchus Torah. Over here, Chazal tells us that the Torah itself mandates that we recite a bracha beforehand. The Gemara in Brachos tells us, From where do we know that a person is to recite a bracha before studying Torah? The Pasuk says in Hazinu, Which means, I'll translate it literally, but we're going to really have to spend a little more time to reflect on this more meaningfully. As I call out in the name of God, as I call to God, I am to bring greatness to our God. Meaning, it would seem as if Chazal are explaining that when we learn Torah, 
we are being kore b'shem Hashem. We are calling to God. There is a connection that is being made. And when we do this, havu godel. It is our responsibility at that time, in anticipation of this kriya b'shem Hashem, to go ahead and articulate and to declare the greatness of God. And Chazal tell us from here we see that there is a mitzvah from the Torah to recite Berchus Torah. And we generally assume that this is so. This is an actual mitzvah doraisa, which means even before we get into any of the details and discuss what the brachos mean and when they are to be recited and who recites them and, and all the various issues and conditions, only some of which we are going to address here, to just understand and to appreciate that fundamentally this is a very, very unique type of bracha because the requirement to recite this bracha comes from the Torah itself. And that, of course, is something which is very unique. Something also that I just think by way of introduction is quite fascinating. The Gemara Nidorim Dafpei Aleph tells us that at the time of the destruction of the Beis Amigdash, there was a lot of confusion, apparently, among the Chachamim and the Nevi'im, the wise sages of the day and the prophets. Nobody could really understand what it was exactly, what precisely caused the Chorban Beis Amigdash. The Gemara reflects upon this based on a Pasuk and the Navi Yirmiyahu, Miho Ish Who could be a person who is wise enough to explain this? How could this happen? How could Yerushalayim and the Beis Amigdash have been destroyed? And the Gemara goes on to tell us that this question was posed to the Chachamim and to the Nevi'im, and no one could explain what was going on, until God himself explained why the Beis HaMikdash was destroyed. It says, Literally because you have abandoned my Torah. And the Gemara attempts to understand this more closely because there seem to be other descriptions of the abandonment of Torah, lo shamu bikoli, lo holchuba, so it's not clear, say Chazal, what exactly does this mean, al-azvamas tarasi? And the Gemara tells us in the name of Rav something that is so remarkable. She'in mavarchin You know why the Beis HaMikdash was destroyed? You know what the problem was, says Rav? She'in mavarchin That they did not recite Birchus Now this is something which is, by all standards, very, very striking and quite surprising. Because while it may be true that there is a mitzvah from the Torah to recite Birchus this is just one of many mitzvahs. And all things being equal, I would not have assumed that this particular mitzvah carries this sort of weight. I don't want to say it's only a bracha, but really, I mean, when you think about the various obligations that we have as Jews and the core, primary, foundational components of our belief system, it's really, really, really hard to fathom that the failure to recite Birchus Torah would trigger such catastrophe. So the Ran, in his parish on this Gemara, in Adarim, so he says as follows. He says, Vadai oskin There's no question that the people at this particular point in history were certainly involved in the study of Torah, and he says they were oskin b'Torah, which means they were immersed in the study of Torah, Tamid constantly. And therefore the Chachamim and the Nevi'im wondered, Alma of the Aretz, how could it be that we have faced such doom and destruction? How could it be? After all, everyone is studying Torah. And the Kaddish Baruch Hu explained, and says the Ran, Shuhud Yodeya Me'imke Alev. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and only HaKadosh Baruch Hu, knows what is going on in the depths of everyone's heart. And he knows, Shaloh HaYomavarchem Bracha Tachila. What does that mean? Klomar? In other words, Shaloh HaYisah HaTorah Chashuv Be'enayim Kokach. That the Torah was not sufficiently precious and special and important to them. Shei Levarech that they saw it as something that was fitting and appropriate for them to recite a bracha beforehand. Shalohoya oskim It's true they studied Torah, but they studied Torah for 
the wrong reasons. It was not for them a great way to connect to HaKadosh Baruch It was not a way for them to understand Chachmas HaBorei and to submit and to ultimately adjust their will and their way of thinking to the Ratzana Torah. It was something that they studied perhaps for the intellectual stimulation and maybe even worse than that, it was a way of them demonstrating their own intellectual prowess over others to show dominance that, look, I know more than you. But the study of Torah was not for them being done for the right reasons, and so therefore it was not chashuva kolkach my name, says the Ran. It was not important enough to them. And so therefore they were mezalzalin Torah, meaning they didn't take it seriously. So the Ranak basically explains the point is not that they didn't recite the Birchosa Torah. Maybe they did, maybe they didn't. Says the Ran, the recitation of Birchosa Torah. It is a way that we demonstrate and express, but perhaps more importantly, reflect inside of ourselves of the chashivos of Torah, how important, how special Torah is to us. And if we recite Birch Torah properly, we are given an opportunity each and every day to reflect upon this, how important Torah is to me personally, how much I understand and I appreciate how my life can be so significantly enriched and enhanced through the study of Torah. And so therefore, when I say to Brachos beforehand, they naturally bring me to that recognition. And so therefore, failure to recite Birchus at all, or perhaps even to recite them improperly, without the proper understanding and insight and kavana, shows a complete disregard for Torah. I don't see Torah as being important and primary and essential enough to really reflect upon it beforehand. How fortunate I am to now have the opportunity to study Torah. And so therefore, I mention this by way of introduction so we understand and appreciate that number one, we are talking, as I mentioned before, about a bracha that is mandated by the Torah itself, which is very, very unique. That bracha that comes from the Torah, it is a mitzvah de'oraisa to recite birchus Torah. And secondly, to understand and appreciate that failure to properly perform this mitzvah to the extent that it serves as a gateway to the proper performance of the mitzvah of Tama Torah could be a major, major failure on our part. And it is something that historically had some very, very severe consequences. And so therefore, we should embrace this opportunity to study uh, a little bit about the mitzvah of Birchus Torah. I just want to make one other introductory point which just comes to mind right now, and that is, you know, we are several days away from celebrating Purim. And while Birchus Torah does not, at least on the surface, have anything to do with Purim, the Gemara and Shabbos does teach us that at the time of Mordechai Nestor, there was a renewal of our Kabbalah Satorah. Right? We know that, of course, at the moment of Maimon Harsinai, Matan Torah, so as we just read several weeks ago in Parshas Mishpatim, Nasav Nishma, we stood there by Harsinai, and we declared with complete faith our Kabbalah Satorah, and it was really an extraordinary moment. However, the Gemara tells us that there was something a bit flawed in that Kabbalah, because there was a moment of Giloy Shechina, it was a moment in which God's presence was so evident in the world that uh, it was really hard to say no, maybe even impossible to say no. In fact, the Gemara tells us whether this to be understood literally or more as a metaphor that the mountain was suspended over their head means that they had no choice. What were they going to do? They were going to say no, they couldn't say no. And the Gemara suggests that, therefore, there may be something somewhat incomplete, if you will, in the Kabbalah Satorah that happened at the time of Maimon HaSinai, because to a certain extent, it was a Kabbalah that happened under duress. They had no choice. And the Gemara, remarkably, seems to accept this as being a fact. However, says the Gemara, later in history, Hadar Kibluha, they accepted the Torah once again, and this time, not from a time of Giloy Shechina, but from a time of Hestepanim, in a time where God's hand was somewhat hidden in the world events. And this, of course, happened in the days of Mordechai and Esther, based on the Pasuk in the Megillah, Kimu V'Kiblu. As Chazal explained, 
Kimu mashikiblu kfar. There was a sort of a reaffirmation. And so therefore, while it is true that the Perchus Torah are not uniquely connected to Purim, days before we celebrate Purim, and of course part of the celebration of Purim is the re-acceptance of Torah, we do so by focusing a little bit on the Berchus Torah that we recite each and every day, and thereby increasing our motivation and our excitement about the performance of this mitzvah. Okay, so after that brief introduction to the mitzvah Berchus Torah, let us uh, spend a couple of minutes remaining just talking a little bit more about these brachos. So, as I mentioned beforehand, the Gemara tells us that the source for Berchus Torah comes from the Pasuk Kishem Hashem Ekra Havu when I call in the name of God. And the Marsha says over here, what exactly does that mean? How is the study of Torah Kriya B'Shem Hashem? So he says, the Hainuk Shani Kori B'Torah, when I read Torah, when I study Torah, Shihi Kula Shemos Shalakadish Baruchu. The Torah is Shemos Shalakadish Baruchu, the names of God. Shekol HaTorah Baosio Seha, Hishmosav Shalakadish Baruchu, says the Marsha, all of the Torah and the letters of the Torah make up the name or the names of God as we find in Midrashos, as we find in various statements of Chazal, the Ramban as well, in his introduction to Sefer Bereshah, says that we have a Kabbalah, Kikola Torah Kula Shemosav Shalakadosh Baruch the same idea that the Torah is the name of God. What exactly does this mean? So we know that when we refer to the name of a person, or even, frankly, the name of an object, certainly in Lashon HaKodesh, this is something that reveals its essence. Right? So that means that if you look at the names that the Torah assigns to various objects or individuals or places, so embedded within the name itself is some insight as to what the essence of this person, this thing may be. And of course, there are many, many examples of this. So what does it mean that the Torah is the name of HaKadosh Baruch Hu? It means that the Torah reflects the essence of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We can't really understand HaKadosh Baruch Hu. He, we can't really understand HaKadosh Baruch Hu. He is beyond their grasp. He is infinite in every way. But the Torah allows us some access study of Torah does enable us to come closer to the essence Kavayachal of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And even this is understood much more than perhaps we would think on the surface, because the Ramban goes on to explain that even though it's true, through the study of Torah, to the extent that we can understand what it is that we are studying, we can come closer to appreciating the essence of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. He says it's not always going to be as evident as it may appear. And so, for example, he says the first Two words in the Torah, Bereshis bara Elohim, could potentially be broken down and read differently, and that is Barosh Yizbara Elohim. And I don't really want to get into the details right now, the difference between the two, but the point he's making is that we can really, really break down the Torah in an infinite number of ways, and there are what he refers to as countless Tzirufehen, Vigamatriosehen. There are so many different ways to connect and to associate the different letters and the words in the Torah where we put a space in between two different words, or when we break up a section of the Torah, this is one level of understanding Torah, but there are so many different ways. And he says that's why a Sefer Torah that has even what we would consider to be a minor error, that there's an extra letter or missing letter, that is a very big deal, because we are talking about a text that is not only there to intend a certain message, which appears naturally on the surface, there is always much much deeper beneath the surface. And this is the idea of what does it mean to be Kore B'Shem Hashem. It's such a beautiful idea when the Gemara tells us that when we study Torah, 
we are being Koray B'Shem Hashem, as the Pasuk says, Kishem Hashem Ekra, to understand and to appreciate this on a deeper level. And although we're out of time, uh, because of the fact that on Thursdays we do really try to focus on what we pray, and we haven't really done that yet, I will, as I like doing sometimes, just sort of whet your appetite without really breaking apart the Birchus Torah, but there is a phrase that, of course, we recite in the Birchus Torah that should bring this idea very much to light. And that is that we say in the Birchus Torah, Kulanu Yodei Shemecha V'lomdei Sarasecha. That in the Birchus Torah, we refer to the fact that we are Yodei Shemecha, which means we try to understand your name, we know your name, through the study of Torah. And so therefore, we can appreciate now, even a little bit, before we even, before we even take a closer look at the Birchus themselves, that this idea will be reflected in the brachos themselves. And so therefore, we're out of time now, uh, looking forward to continuing a conversation by Brachos Torah, and Blinader next week will start to really look at the brachos themselves and to reflect upon what it is that we are saying a little more deeply. Okay, thank you so much, and have a wonderful day. <laughs> Moidim, <laughs> Moidim,